Welcome to Abiding Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget... You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently airing a series on the Holy Spirit titled, The Missing Person. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, perspective. So in Genesis chapter 10, we see the separation of nations, which is used still today by anthropologists, by the way. The Genesis chapter 10 is the is the, the bedrock of all mapping of people groups around the world. Do you guys realize that? Still today, they recognize that as the authority of where every single person, you can map every single person from, from all the way farthest Western Europe all the way to China. You have where everybody went from Genesis chapter 10. It's pretty amazing. And they still use that. And then God would make a covenant with a man named Abraham, a little bit later on in the Bible, and preaching the gospel to Abraham, that through his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And we see that in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. He says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, he makes him this promise, and he confirms it as a covenant that God confirms on his own in Genesis chapter 15. And he would put that promise on Isaac and confirm the covenant with him. And then through Jacob, who would become Israel, and his 12 sons would become the 12 tribes of Israel. And their express purpose, and this is what I want you to understand about the Old Testament, their express purpose was to bring about the Messiah. Promised in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Promised to Noah, Genesis Genesis chapter 6. Uh, Promised to Abraham in Genesis 12 and 15. Promised to Isaac in Genesis 25. And promised to Jacob, who would become Israel in Genesis 28, 20. Uh, 27, 28, and 35. And, and his 12 sons would become the nation of Israel. Now, Genesis 49 tells us that it would be his son. Of course, you have Reuben and Simeon and, and Gad and Asher and all these different sons, 12 sons. I'm not going to name them all. But Judah would be the one who would be the promised line that the Messiah would come through of all the 12 tribes. And we see that in Genesis chapter 49, verses 8 through, or 10, 8 through 10. It says this, Judah, this is, this is Israel or Jacob prophesying to his sons and he prophesies to all of his sons. And he says to Judah, Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. And of course we, you know, called Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah, right? From This is where it comes from. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion and as a lion who shall arouse him. The scepter shall not depart. And this scepter, of course, meaning the rule of authority shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver between his feet until Shiloh, a name for the Messiah, the peaceful one is what that means, until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. And so this is the prophecy that tells us that Judah will be the one 
through whom the Messiah comes. Now, the descendants of Israel were in Egypt at that time because of Joseph, and they would spend 400 years total in Egypt, and then God would bring them out of Egypt and out of bondage of slavery after being there for 400 years with his mighty hand and the plagues and everything, and you know the story, parting of the Red Sea into the wilderness and to, the Mount, to Mount Sinai where he would give them the law. Now the law, we have to understand in the, in the scope of the greater narrative, the law was to govern the nation of Israel and also would act as a tutor, which would help them to see their sin, the Ten Commandments, so they'd know they were sinners, So that when the Messiah came, they would run to him for refuge. That they would be free from the bondage of that. And and that he would write his law upon their hearts and on their minds. And that's where a Christian lives. And so he would give them the law. And then they would wander for 40 years because of unbelief. And then he would bring them into the promised land. The land that he promised Abraham when he said, Get out from your father's house and your land, or the Chaldees, into a land that I will show you. And I will make you great and your nation great. He goes to the promise. They go back to the promised land, to the land of Canaan. And that's where God would plan. The whole point of the land of Canaan wasn't because it was just a great place to live. It was because God wanted the Messiah to be born there. That was the whole point. It's all about the Messiah. The Messiah is going to come through Israel. The Messiah is going to be born in Israel. Micah 5, O Bethlehem, Ephraim, though you're little among the thousands of Judah, unto you will be born a ruler. You know, and we see that promise in Micah 5 and and other places around, around the Bible as you see these prophecies being fulfilled. And so all these things, ultimately to bring them into the land where the Messiah would be born, then once again he would make a covenant later after they were in the land with David, that the Messiah would come through his house, 2 Samuel 7. And and that's what the whole Old Testament is about. Now, okay, there's a lot in the Old Testament. And and I'm I'm basically giving you the main point, okay? Because, yeah, there's a lot in the Old Testament. And what we see as we read through the Old Testament is a lot of details about good and the, the good and the bad of God's people, the blessings that come upon them. And if you want to know what the other lesson from the Old Testament is, the blessings that come upon them when they cling to God and follow after God, and the curses that come upon them if they disobey God. And that's what we see, the the whole Testament, all the prophecies of the Messiah coming forth, all the doom and gloom about Israel and when they disobey God and and how they're going to be cursed until they come back to God and repent. And God's always calling them back to repentance. And so as we go through the Old Testament, we see all these miracles and all the stories of the Old Testament. But ultimately, ultimately through the Old Testament is the bringing about of God's promise of his Messiah. And that happened as recorded in Luke chapter 1 and 2 and the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John. So so there are the narratives that God gave leading up to the narrative of Luke and Acts. And the narrative, as I said before, continues in our day. Continues at the moment you got saved. When you left the kingdom of this world, you left the kingdom of this world and a life living for sin and living for the pleasures of this world and the comforts of this life and all the things that we, our flesh craves to enter the kingdom of the son of his love, to enter the kingdom of God, where we have a new rule and a new objective and a new idea about life and what life's about. And we begin to follow Jesus in his kingdom. And and, and we'll come back to that. But let's look at the end. This leads up 
to the continuing fulfillment of his promises for who? The nation of Israel. You see, God chose these people and they become the whole piece, the whole missing piece to his whole narrative. And and we see that in Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 27. When he says this, for I do not want you to be, I was trying to desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So all Israel will be saved as it is written, a deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Now, this is important because this transition is missed by most, I'll all say that, most of the church. Augustine didn't see it. None of the early church, not many of the early church fathers saw it. The reformers did not see it. And, and I get it. I get it. I, they didn't see it because it, it's impossible after what happened in 70 AD when Rome came in and destroyed Jerusalem and drove the Jews out of Palestine, which is what they called it after the Philistines, just to be in the face of the Jews, that that Israel would ever be a thing. And so, of course, that's not going to ever happen. And so the church must be the one who receives all these promises. The church must be the one to fulfill all the things that are written about God's promises to Israel. But then something happened. May 14, 1948, Israel, after 2,000 years in captivity, being alienated from, from their, their land because of the persecution of Hitler and the, the, the Holocaust, the world, for a very brief moment, for a very brief moment, had compassion upon the Jews. And they allowed them, the League of Nations at the time, allowed them to to put in a a Jewish state, allowed them to purchase the property. They bought it from whoever owned it at a very high price, but they bought the land and they moved in and they established a Jewish state once again, the nation of Israel. And everybody's jaws should have dropped and every Bible scholar should have said, wow, it's all true. We didn't believe it could happen, but it's true. But tradition is a powerful thing. And because tradition is a powerful thing, and we've written commentaries, and we spend a lot of money on the idea that the church is spiritual Israel, we can't digress. Just like the Pharisees couldn't digress when they had their own ideas about the Messiah and Jesus didn't fit into them. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991. Or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.